Happy New Year and welcome to the season finale of TFS The Season, the show on Talk Film Society where we do double features of holiday movies from Thanksgiving through New Year's. I'm Mike. I'm Missy. And today we're finishing up this holiday season with a New Year's Day double feature of The Apartment and After the Thin Man. After the Thin Man was released prior to The Apartment, I believe that we should start with The Apartment, as per your suggestion, Missy, that it just makes more sense in terms of the flow. Yeah, The Apartment is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it starts off with Christmas, and then it goes into New Year's Eve, and I think that's why we decided that it was the better choice to start with this first, because then After the Thin Man continues. Right. So yeah. so the apartment goes from November 1st, 1959, through December 31st, 1959, whereas After the Thin Man starts on New Year's Eve and then goes... A few days after New Year's, I think, right? So that be, sounds about right. A few, a few days after New yeah. Year's, yeah. And, and I, it's one of my favorite movies, and I couldn't quite, quite figure out what it was about it. But then you pointed out the similarities that it has with Almost Famous, which is another one of my movies that I love so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you look at you know the character of Shirley MacLaine or Shirley Shirley MacLaine's character in the apartment, and Kate Hudson's character in Almost Famous, you can definitely see uh, some similarities there. I mean, it's very well known that Cameron Crowe is a huge fan of Billy Wilder. He wrote uh, a book uh, about Wilder, well, with with Wilder, I don't know, called Conversations with Wilder, where he just sat down and talked to Wilder about his entire career and life and all that stuff. And, you know, Almost Famous, you look at that character, Kate Hudson's character, Penny Lane, and she's basically lifted right out of the apartment in terms of like the dynamics of her and her her love triangle with Russell Hammond and William Miller. It's very similar to what you see in the apartment with uh, Shirley MacLaine, Fred Willard, and Jack Lemmon. Um, where, you know, they're both in love with married men, and then there's another guy who's, like, enabling that relationship, but also really, really just wants to be with her. I mean, it's it's basically the exact same thing, down to the sort of climax of that story where uh, there's, like, an overdose scene. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the things that the apartment does really... Well, I mean, it starts off really light. You think you're watching a light romantic comedy, but then the movie turns. It gets a little bit darker. And Billy Wilder just does a great job of kind of balancing that where, I mean, you're enjoying the banter between the characters and the dialogue. And then you just see really like you're dealing with suicide in this. And Fran is very much aware of how she is being used by Mr. Sheldrick and the kind of person he is. She refers to him as a taker. And she's very aware of this, And but she still goes back to him and to the point where she just can't take it anymore and tries to commit suicide. And it's just that fear of that happening again. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about with the similarities between the two movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're both fun. You know, they're both funny movies, but they do have this uh, 
the serious side to them and dealing with these serious issues, which you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see in like a romantic comedy, let alone a romantic comedy from 1960. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in that assessment, but I can't think of many movies from that era which were dealing with this subject matter, you know? Yeah. One of the things I love is I feel like I'm watching uh, a Nick and Knight <laughs> yeah. reunion here because um, David White, who is one of the characters in the apartment, he was on Bewitch. This yeah. is one of my favorite shows. And then you have Saldrick's character who was on which show? My Three Sons, maybe? I don't remember. I think so, yeah. But I thought that was kind of fun. Just that tone. I really um, like that period. Yeah, not to mention what Ray Walston, who was like my favorite Martian, that dude. Uh, yeah, he's I don't in remember it. that on that. But yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, like really strong, I don't know, comedic actors from the era. You yeah. know, and this, of course, Jack Lemmon, too, and everything like yeah, that. They, they weren't on Nick at Night. I'm, I'm, they, they, they were not. I'm reliving my childhood here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm also struck by like the photography in this. It's a rather unique looking movie in that it was shot in anamorphic widescreen, but in black and white. Yeah. Usually scope was reserved for the high budget movies and the high budget movies at this point had color. So to see those two things together is a rarity. Um, but uh, apparently it's just what Wilder liked doing. Like he liked shooting in black and white because it looked cool and you know, why not? I think it looked great. Yeah. Uh, I, I love even like the apartment mm -hmm. itself. I just, I kind of wish they lived there. It was just really, it was nice. Yeah. Posters it, and in the office set, you know, with that sort of, you know, bureaucratic, like it just goes on for miles and miles. It, it, you feel like the mundane life of the office where he's like, they stagger it so that, you know, people get on the elevators so that, you know, it's not to like fill the elevators and just that kind of like every minute is kind of like, you know, timed or planned out and just so boring. But, yeah. you know, here they are, these people with their nightlife and they're going to this guy's apartment. All these guys are having affairs and, you know, it's just okay. And here this guy is, like this guy who everyone thinks is this party guy, but he's just like this good guy. And it's like, it's not even like he's ambitious because in the end we see that he gives that away. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just a genuine good guy and he's being taken advantage of. And you just kind of see that in corporate because that's what it is. I mean, you just have a whole bunch of people who are just takers mm -hmm. as re reference to the movie. So, I mean, all of that is shown there and it's great. I I kind of want to watch Mad Men. I don't know if there's anything like Mad Men because I haven't seen all of it, but it, I kind of had that feel because I saw the first season. Yeah. So I just want to like dive into this era and just watch all these 60 movies and... Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched all of Mad Men, and it is, you know, the same era, and it's dealing with a lot of the same issues. Like, Mad Men, I think, has the advantage of looking at this from, like, some distance. Like, the apartment, you know, this was about, it was about today, you know, whereas Mad Men was about that time. And um, also because of the fact that Mad Men was made, you know, 50 years later, it was able to... Uh, take some more, uh, I don't know, liberties, you know, I mean, Wilder was, was constantly trying to push the envelope of, like, censorship and stuff like that, and 
you know, Mad Men, you could get away with a lot more now. There, there's there's a lot less innuendo. It's it's more just 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 put it on Front Street. All right. Well, any any final thoughts on the apartment? I love it. Um, I think everyone should take the time out to see it. It's a great New Year's movie. I mean, it is dark, but I feel like the ending of it. I mean, it's not like super dark. It's I mean, it's it's there's dark elements in there. I think, but I think that ending is so. I feel like it's liberating. Yeah. Like where she's there on New Year's Eve with Mister Seldrick, and you know he's just I don't know he's in his own little world, you know, and then she's like, what the what am I doing? And then she just runs off and that's just that run. You kind of want to like run with her to like, yes, you're free. And Mm -hmm. I just, I like the way it concluded. So I think the ending was happy and yeah, I need to see more Billy Wilder movies because I, yeah, uh, he's amazing. I mean, the one that he made right after this is my personal favorite. It's one of his, I guess, lesser known movies. It's called One, Two, Three, and it stars James Cagney as this guy who is in charge of the Coca-Cola bottling plant in Berlin right after the wall goes up. And the movie was made, like, literally right after the wall went up. Like, I don't know how they made this movie as quickly as they did, but... You know, unlike The Apartment, it doesn't really have a, I don't know, serious side to it. You know, it's it's not like delving deep into these, you know, really, really serious issues. It is just this balls-to-the-wall, screwball comedy thing. I mean, once it gets going, it just does not stop. It is like one of the fastest paced movies you'll ever see and it's just wall-to-wall jokes. But at the same time, you set a movie in Berlin right after the wall went up, there's no way that that's not going to be you know, a political satire and that's certainly what this is. It's so well done. Uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I get why the apartment is the one which won best picture and everything like that. But I think one, two, three for one thing is more entertaining, but I think it also just kind of like shows that, that raw skill, you know, but the apartment, I mean, it's a movie which I don't really think about revisiting too often, but except that I probably make you watch well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, certainly I, I've seen it, you know, in bits and pieces uh, th- throughout the years just because you've had it on the background or whatever. But, but every time I sit down and watch it, I, I'm just like riveted by it. Like it, it really is. Uh, a great movie and i think that's what it is too i mean whenever i say because i always say like when i'm thinking of him i'm like okay this is my favorite or almost famous is my favorite and i never know why because it's both of these movies they're not like movies i would ever like sit down and watch i think yeah. on my own but i always find myself enjoying the time that i yeah. do watch it or just like yeah i mean reflecting. almost famous i could watch anytime you know day or night i just that, that movie's a mess but it's not a movie I would, yeah, I would yeah. initially pick up. That's, I guess, that's what it is about it. But I just, I love them both. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, should we move on to the second movie in our double feature? Yes. Yeah, so we've New Year's Eve 
We're yes. at New Year's Eve right now. Right. She's gone, and they're playing cards. And then we go into the next movie, which starts at New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, it starts at New Year's Eve, and that's after the Thin Man. Yeah. So they walk into a party. So that's what makes these two work. Yeah, right. Is that one transition? one just flows from from one to to the next. I mean, after the Thin Man and the other movie, obviously that you would think to pair it with would be the Thin Man. Um, every everybody loves the original Thin Man. It's considered to be a, a classic, although you know not seen as much as some movies these days. I feel like it's kind of uh, below the radar in, in some respects, uh, and you know. The thing about it, the thing which is, I don't know, I just love about about this is like Thin Man, while it's thought of as a detective comedy, romantic comedy, screwball comedy type of thing, it's also a Christmas movie. The, the whole premise of the movie is that they're going on a trip to New York to celebrate Christmas, and then they got they get caught up in a murder case, and... You know, I don't quite understand why this isn't part of the Christmas canon. Well, did you add it? Did you guys add it to the Christmas? Well, list? I, I, uh, oh, you mean uh, for the TFS the season? No, no, right? no we didn't. Yeah. But we, we only had twenty four, you know, things. No, and, I guess next year. Well, we were having people pick their own and stuff like that, you know. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see Thin Man showing up on the the list next year. Uh, a couple of years back, they restored it in HD and uh, made the DCP available so that you could show it in theaters and you know i immediately booked it for our christmas series and uh it played really well like a lot of people were like this is a christmas like why are you guys showing this it's not a christmas movie and we're like yeah it is a christmas movie watch it and a lot of people did come to see it and you know it played really well you know it was certainly i enjoyed seeing it on the big screen and everything like that um one thing that i will say regarding that hd restoration is that uh if you get it off of itunes despite the fact that it says hd it's not hd it's a standard definition thing it looks really bad tons of film damage all over the place you know the sound is is crap it's a bad transfer of this movie however hbo max actually has the new hd transfer it looks really really good so if you're going to watch the thin man which you should watch it on hbo max instead of uh, you know off of itunes or whatever because it'll be a much better transfer but that movie ends with them, spoiler, solving the case, you know, on, on Christmas. And they're taking the train back home to San Francisco. And after the Thin Man picks up with them getting off the train on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And heading home. So Thin Man is a Christmas movie. After the Thin Man is a New Year's movie. Perfect, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say double feature. I would say, you know watch Thin Man on Christmas Day and then watch After the Thin Man on New Year's Day. That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about After the Thin Man? Uh, I enjoyed it. I I love the dialogue in there. I love Nick and Nora back and forth and just the characters in there. So I thought those were great. Uh, as far as the mystery, I don't know if I got too much of the mystery. I mean, I, I had fun watching it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, my God, you know, what happened? Or this, I can't believe this happened. I did like Jimmy Stewart's um, character, and I did like the ending of it. Uh, I thought it was fun. I liked, liked the way he played it, and it was just so over the top. And I don't know. I didn't expect it that way. So Yeah. This is like 
Jimmy Stewart's like second movie or something like that. You know, it's, so it's kind of kind of cool to see him in another Christmas movie. Which I don't know, is it better than It's a Wonderful Life? I think it might be. I well, I mean, it's wonderful yeah, I mean, just to see this and then see some of the later work, it's like, hmm, that's interesting that that's how yeah. he played it. Yeah, it's like before he was sort of like leaning into his persona, you know, because he was exactly. one of those people who was like larger than life. It's like here he is just playing a role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wasn't like the main focus, so he wasn't setting the tone for it. Yeah. I, I like this movie a lot too. You know, I, I for years and years and years, I would say like this is better than the original. This is better than the Thin Man. And I mean, we we watched both of these, you know, in the past few weeks. And I mean, seeing them back to back, I kind of think like, nah, maybe it's not better than than the original because uh, the original has, I think, kind of a better plot. You know, the first one, I think the the kind of idea behind it was like, let's do a detective story but do it as a screwball comedy and the result is something which works i think equally well on both levels yeah, right i agree but with after the thin man i think they were like everybody loved the screwball comedy of the thin man let's do that again you know there will be a mystery of course but we're going to lean into the comedy and i think what you get here is a mystery which isn't as good, you know, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't have that tight plot or whatever. But the comedy, on the other hand, I think is way better because they just went insane with it. That's that, a good point. That opening act where you know they're getting home, you're getting off the train, and you know they they end up at home to a surprise New Year's party at their house, and then after that have to go to their New Year's dinner at uh, Nora's family's house, which is just, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, that's just a riot, too. That that's those that scene's just hilarious. It's, with, like, him with the older man. I love her aunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I get older, that's going to be me with the stick, like, just yep. hitting stuff, like, get out of my way! What's wrong with you? Yep. That that will be me, just in letting you know. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> kind of try to do that now, but it's hard to get away with. Yeah. Yeah, in the past you've said that you you want a lawn just so that you can tell kids to get off. I don't get off my lawn. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I will have a stick. I mean, now that I've seen, that, I've been inspired. Just yeah, get off. <laughs> so yeah, and of course this this movie also has Asta the dog <gasps> who steals. The, I mean, you know, he steals some of the scenes there. He's great. Oh yeah, he's the yeah, best. But and he so he gets a whole he gets a whole subplot where he comes home and Mrs. Asta. Someone's been creeping. Yeah, you know. know. Oh boy, it's some drama. And you know, you think about it, like the way that they set that up. It's like Asta comes home. He sees Mrs. Asta. He sees all the puppies, and then he sees the one puppy who looks like the other dog, right? And you think like, oh, there's like they're setting this up, but there's like some sort of misunderstanding or whatever, and this will be resolved. But it's really not resolved. I mean, in the end, that just kind of ends with like, yeah, you know, well, and Mrs. I love, Asta was cheating on you while you were gone. And I love that you know his solution. He puts the lawnmower over the hole. It's like you're so bad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's like you're not coming back. Yep. Get out of here. So. Uh. But trouble in paradise. Yeah, but you know, Esther's gonna be traveling soon, so that little dog's gonna be back. Yeah, yeah, because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. But I like the way that you pointed out that the mystery was not as tight because they probably didn't feel like they had to or they focused so much on the comedy because I just felt like I watched it and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? You know, I mean, yeah. at the end, like they did with the thin man where it's like, let's just put them all in a room and see how it works out. And I feel like that was their solution for this because you got like a good dialogue, good comedy, and you did. You got all that. But before getting to that point, I felt like there wasn't as much of a story um, getting you to the mystery. Yeah. Where you just felt like, okay, here's the mystery. It's like, oh, my, I, you know, I don't know if that worked for me. And and they, they you know, leaned into that formula for the rest of the franchise. You know, there, there were six of these movies in total. And, you know, each of them kind of follows that same exact formula. There's even one, I forget which one it is, where, like, Nora is, like, sitting next to someone and essentially giving, like, color commentary as they're going through the scene so like nick you know will be like oh and you know who could it be and then Nora's like here's where he's gonna say that it might be this guy you, you know like that <laughs> I sort think that's of thing gonna be funny though and it was funny it was good yeah but i, I mean, know what you mean but that's the, to your point yeah the sequels are decent uh they're not nearly as good as these first two i still think that after the thin man is an amazing movie i just don't know if it's quite as good as as the original, but it's still still way up there. Still should be part of the the holiday canon. But yeah, if you're looking for New Year's movies, this is the way to start. We're recommending the Apartment First after the Thin Man. If you want to be ambitious, what do you do? Do you throw in Thin Man in the middle? Or just no, forget. no, no, no. See, you, you missed up. you missed your your chance for the Thin Man before. You should have watched the Thin Man last week. Okay. You know. All right. So, Missy, where can people find you on the internet? I'm not on the internet, so they have to contact you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on my website, FilmDamagePod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection, as well as Star Trek and time travel. And uh, you can also find me on the TheNerdParty.com, doing a show called Nerd Party News, where we talk about all of the news and TV and movies and nerd stuff uh, throughout the week. So check out those things for sure. And of course, you can find all of these other great podcasts on TalkFilmSociety.com. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for this holiday season. Hope you enjoy the double features. Uh, Hopefully we can be back next year and do the same thing again, but with some new pairings and some new hosts and whatnot. But until then... Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. Happy New Year. Thank you.